Carla, and you are here with us for Parental Guidance, where knowledge is power, and we are here to give it to you. While we are education attorneys, this show is to provide you knowledge, not legal advice. And did I mention I'm here with Catherine Michael? If you have an education issue, you need to consult with an education attorney in your state. So today, we are going to talk about educational advocates, finding the right advocate, when you should use an advocate versus an attorney. But before we do that, Catherine and I did just get back from New Orleans. We were at the COPA conference, that is the Council of Parents and Attorney Advocates. And I don't know about you, Catherine, but I highly recommend that our listeners consider joining COPA and becoming members and going to a conference here and there. They're really wonderful conferences filled with just really wonderful information and knowledge. And um, we try to go every year. Catherine does go every year. I do. (laughs) I try to go every year. I may have some conflicts for the next eight years. But it is a great (laughs) conference. It's I know she's she's trying to get out of our future conference. Which I I will take care of that with her. But COPA is an excellent conference for parents to attend. They have a lot of parental training uh, pre-conference where they go over having you really understand your rights, how to advocate for yourself. And for those advocates out there who are listening, um, the advocacy courses are phenomenal. We have everything from beginning advocates to advanced advocates who are doing hearings. Um, the conference is really made to give you that wraparound experience and ensure that you can truly be the best advocate whether for your own child or for others, that you can be. And it's typically in, you know, pretty nice, fun cities. So, well, um, next year it's in Baltimore. I don't know what's how. What's wrong with Baltimore? Come on. We got, we got Baltimore listeners here. We got to be nice. Okay. Baltimore. Wait, in the March. harbor is really nice. Don't you remember it was there? Oh, it was. We the went, harbor is just a lovely place. Yes. We went over and I had, um, dinner at a restaurant right on the harbor. It was beautiful, but I think everyone can probably identify with me that in March, I would probably much rather be on the beach after a long, cold winter. Of course, or on Bourbon Street, right? Yeah, or on Bourbon Street. (laughs) You know, some place that has a a, a little higher heat factor. I completely agree. I completely agree. Well, anyway, let's get to our topic today. Although I think that the COPA information is really very valuable information. So even in our little, you know, talking about nothing, we gave some information. So that's good. So today we are going to talk about advocates and the benefit of having advocates and how to best use advocates. And quite frankly, Catherine and I have have very much had a different way, different ways of using advocates in our careers and, and different kind of, I don't know if you want to say attitude, attitude's not really the right word, but different approaches to how we use advocates. Well, I have worked with advocates for almost 20 years. And the way that I do it, which is a little bit different than Carla, um, and I do a lot of advocacy training. So I do a training course um, for advocates at COPA, and then we do consulting for advocates getting into practice. But the way I use advocates is more after a due process hearing or in situations where a parent is new and they're simply coming into the situation, needing guidance, trying to understand special education laws, and to basically help keep 
things on track. When something's coming off the tracks where we have a situation involving really lack of training with school staff or an IEP that has um, not been appropriate for years and years and years, those are cases that I tend to get directly involved with. I don't tend to send those out to an advocate because my view of advocates is they are there to help a parent advocate to the extent they can. But when it gets, I think, in more of those detailed, complex situations where we're talking about compensatory educational services, due process, filing state complaints, obviously anything that involves a tort claim or things along that line, I try to be very, very careful of using an advocate in those situations. And, you know, I think that really what it comes down to is who you feel most comfortable with and really making sure that the advocate or attorney, quite frankly, I mean, this really isn't unique to advocates, that they know what they're doing. Not all attorneys are created equal. Not all advocates are created equal. Um, and, and it's really important to not necessarily look for the one that, you know, costs less or, you know, has a lower rate, whatever it might be, but somebody that really understands your issues. For example, there are some advocates that are really knowledgeable about behavior issues that and you've got some that may, their strength might be reading issues. Then you might have one that strength is inclusion. So you really want to make sure that your advocate that you are interviewing or that you're talking to about taking your case has a lot of that knowledge and experience and that, you know, knows how, how to handle the school system and just knows what they're doing. And perhaps ask for references or, you know, really kind of question them about, you know, how they would handle certain situations. I mean, it happens with attorneys too. I had a meeting with a client not too long ago who had been with an attorney that really was just not representing their child's best interest. And I really don't know if it's because that attorney doesn't really know what they're doing or because they're just BFF with the school people. I don't know. But it's important that whoever you choose to help you through this process knows what they're doing. That's the bottom line. Oh, absolutely. I would choose an advocate who has done this for 10 years over an attorney who hasn't any day of the week. And I think that becomes the question is, how do you screen those advocates to make sure you find one that is going to meet you at where and 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 be able to address what you need and is basically going to meet you at your need um, and can help you solve constructively the problems that you're having without basically leading you astray or causing you more problems than you started with, which quite frankly happens. Um, we get a lot of cases where an advocate, for instance, has not argued for compensatory services for a student, um, has let a lot of time pass, and then it makes it harder. For instance, in Texas, there's a one-year statute of limitations. So a child who has dyslexia, who had not been found eligible for years and years and years, finally gets a really minimal IEP, Without any compensatory education, the advocate goes through a few conferences. By the time I finally bring the due process, we only have two months at which that child was without an IEP, and then we have this minimal IEP that we can argue, but we've lost time. And so I think that's what we always want to be careful of, is that you're choosing an advocate who knows what to ask for and why to ask for it. Another good question to ask advocates is, 
Do you have a relationship with one or more special education attorneys that you can consult with or that you refer to if it becomes necessary to take it to the next level? There are some states where advocates can file due process on behalf of parents, but there are equally as many states. I don't actually don't know how many states they can do that, but in, in my state, you cannot. So, you know, I have several advocates that I work with that will call me and refer a case to me when they've kind of taken it as far as they can. And I think that that's just a really good question. Is there not just an attorney, but an experienced special education attorney that you work with that or multiple because, you know, you want to have a choice. Again, you you, just like you want to have a choice of which advocate to use, you want to be able to have a choice of which attorney. So you don't want somebody who says, well, I only work with this person. If you're going to retain a lawyer, you want to be able to go through that same process with the lawyer. Absolutely. And I think backing up something we should have described at the beginning for parents who are really new to this process is what is an advocate? Absolutely. So for those of you who have listened this far and you're wondering what in the world is an advocate? So in many cases and in many states, there are individuals who have been through the special education process themselves or who have had a level of training. Seat training, which is through the Council of Parent Attorneys and Advocates or COPA, um, actually offers a nine-week course on advocacy, which is something that can come in really handy to people who want to get into that field. Most states have uh, parent information services. It's actually mandated by idea that they have to have a parent information and training center. And most of those provide individuals who call themselves advocates. Um, some of them simply will go to a conference and sit with a parent. Then you have a different level of paid advocates. And so that brings us, I think, Carla, to if you're trying to select an advocate, what do you tell your clients? Well, you know, I have relationships with certain advocates. You know, in my area, we don't have that many. So I, I don't really have a whole lot of options. However, the one, and, and it's good and bad. The one advocate that I work a lot with is wonderful. The problem is she is very busy. And so it would be nice to have other people to almost take her overflow. Um, or again, give, give clients the choice. Um, but, but what I tell them is, you know, I typically will tell people to call an advocate if they contact me first. You know, I and this is where I think you and I do things differently. If I get a case, for example, if somebody calls me, and they have some concerns about the IEP. There's no major violations yet. There might be some, but nothing major. They just want to get a better IEP or they're having a few issues here and there. I'll typically say, why don't you contact an advocate, work through this with the advocate, and, you know, that advocate will then give me a call if something, you know, requires the a legal team. And, you know, I think one of the benefits of using an advocate over attorney is the perception by the by the school district. You know, attorneys are by nature... You know, uh, what's the, why do I adversarial. always forget? Thank you, adversarial. I always forget that word. Advers- can you believe that? I'm an attorney and I forget the word adversarial. Well, I think it, yeah, using an attorney sometimes <laughs> automatically ups the ante, which if you're in a really contentious, difficult situation already, can sometimes add fuel to the fire. Whereas sure. if you're in the situation like you're describing, having an advocate can sometimes just sort of straighten out all the seams. Absolutely. So, you know, I think it just, 
depends on what your situation is. If you really do just want somebody that has, you know, more knowledge than you and you want some support at the table, that's another reason to take an advocate. But I think it just that ex- level of experience and knowledge and training is so important. I have heard of people, again, not ones that I'm aware of in my general vicinity, but I've heard stories of advocates that just, you know, parents that uh, decide, oh, well, I fought hard for my own kid. So now I'm going to start you know, helping other parents, but they really don't have any training. And that is, that can be very harmful. You know, if you have somebody at the table with you that is advising you, you could actually, you know, end up worse off than you started. So you really want to make sure that the advocate that you choose to work with has experience and training. So you can look for advocates um, online rightslaw.com actually has a list of attorneys and advocates um, in states. The biggest questions that I think that someone needs to ask, because I will I'll certainly refer to advocates, but I work in a, in a lot of states. And so I often will point uh, parents to rights law where there's a listing. Um, most of the time you want to see where that advocate has had training, how long they've worked in advocacy, if they have a specialty within advocacy. Obviously, for instance, if you have a child with autism, having an advocate who understands autism, who understands what's available, where they can help you across the spectrum, not only in school, but in other community resources can be really helpful. And really, analyzing the training that they have, you're going to have choices and defining. I mean, most states, there are quite a few. We don't have a lot in Indiana. There are quite a few in Texas. There are quite a few in California. For those of you who are on the East Coast, uh, I think we have quite a few out there. But there are some states where there's only a few advocates and there are no attorneys. Um, but really asking your advocate how long they've been doing it is really going to be number one. And that doesn't mean doing it for their own child. That means actively doing this and that they've had some type of training. Well, thank you for listening today. We are happy to be back. I know we've had quite a long hiatus and it's really Catherine's fault because she's been in hearing so much, but that's not her fault. I would avoid sorry, hearing if it was humanly possible. <laughs> we all know this about me. <laughs> I know you would. I know you would. Well, anyway, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe, share with your friends and family or fellow parents. Follow us on Instagram, although I've been quite bad about putting things up on there as well. Uh, Like our Facebook page where we do give some useful information. And we will see you next time. Bye, Catherine. Bye. Bye.